As previously mentioned, I had the opportunity to attend the Peaceful Planet Foundation's annual Peace and Wellness Retreat. I was also able to record the lectures and I wanted to make them available to you so that you can also benefit. So make sure that you follow PeacefulPlanetFoundation.org. Their next retreat will be on April 13, 2024, and their keynote speaker will be Dr. Neil Barnard. Danielle Vaughn is an author, life coach, cognitive behavioral therapist, and the host of the podcast, The Get Your Life Together Girl. Ms. Vaughn was recently featured on PBS's international documentary, Road Trip Nation, where she taught mindfulness and meditation to four young adults seeking to find their path in life. Self-care has become a buzzworthy trend that has morphed into indulgence. As this becomes a more prominent element in our daily lives, it distracts us from getting to the root of what self-care actually is and why it's imperative. With stressful, busy lifestyles, anxiety, and inadequate coping skills, we have moved away from health. In her session, Ms. Vaughn will discuss self-care, provide grounded, somatic, and daily methods to increase the care of the self, and teach you tools to check in and monitor and thereby mindfully taking care of your mind, body, and emotions. Let's listen in. Hey, everyone. How are you? Great. You're good. See? I love it. I'm actually going to be calling on you to answer some questions. <laughs> All right. I would love to know what self-care means to you. So just yell it out if you want to answer. Anyone? Eating well. I love that. <clears throat> Exercise, okay. Good emotions. Ah, you're speaking my love language. All right. Yes, self-care is all of those things, but thanks to social media and advertising, what we've recently seen is this step away from true self-care. It's Botox. It's skin creams. It's bubble baths and massages. And while all of those things can equate to self-care somewhat... They're not actual self-care. And so we've moved into this space where if we are spending time with ourselves, that we are taking care of the self. Yes and no. So we want to talk today about what fake self-care is, and we want to talk about how we can move into these seven pillars of self-care. Is anyone even aware that there are actual seven pillars of self-care? Hands up? No? Yeah. You will today. How about that? <laughs> All right. Self-care is defined by the ability to promote and maintain your health, to prevent diseases, to be able to cope with illnesses, even your emotions with or without a healthcare provider. That's so important. We're talking about the self, and we're going to talk about how we can be in the community, seeking help, but also learning how to regulate within the self. We are going to be talking about that self-care actually meets what I call the five masters of our lives. Our last speaker kind of touched on those things. I loved what she was talking about, stress and anxiety. I call the five masters of our lives the mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, and financial elements of our lives. If you think about everything that you do, it goes into those five areas, right? Yeah. At least me. I mean, maybe you're different, but I don't think so. <laughs> All right. So 
meeting ourselves with self-care sounds easy enough, but for most people, it is not. And the reason why goes back to what we're seeing in advertising and social media, where it's bubble baths and all of these things. I actually had a woman come to me recently so stressed out, the financial element was just really killing her. And I was saying, you know, I want you to track your finances. And I want you to write down every single thing that you're spending money on. And she did it. I said, I don't care about the dollar amount. I want to see what you're doing. By week two of each month, she had spent all of her discretionary funds on things like massages and getting her hair done and cryotherapy and, you know, facials. Well, I'm taking care of the self. I'm like, but are you taking care of yourself? You're not, are you? So we have to watch and we have to realize that self-care is never one size fits all. All right. So during this time and beyond, I want you to start thinking about self-care as an adaptive individual approach that helps you fill your cup and meet your needs. So important. A lot of people look at it like, well, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, but it doesn't really give us that full lasting effect. All right. Adding more to your plate will never help you feel emotionally regulated. We already heard that emotional regulation is a part of self-care. It is. And we also have to realize that if we're doing things like going to get the massage and we're getting the facials and we're killing ourselves financially or emotionally or mentally, guess what? We're going to turn our self-esteem into the negative and we're really going to increase that stress, anxiety that we just heard about, and our self-esteem usually tanks. So we're not taking care of the self. And I want you to also keep in mind as we move through this today that sometimes self-care is more about doing nothing than it is everything, right? That's so important. I actually had to learn that myself. I'm really bad at it. I'm not gonna lie to you. All right. So. Step one, when we are adapting this space of taking care of the self, is to have a very deep and honest conversation with yourself. What we're talking about in the seven pillars of self-care, which we'll get to what those are in just a moment, is really getting into a space that you can take care of the self, right? It's self-care. And so what does a grounded conversation look like with the self? being open and honest. What's working? What's not? What do I need to change? Every time I work with someone, I say, I'm going to give you four questions, and every single week, I want you to be able to answer them. What do I want? What do I need? How do I want to feel? And how am I going to get there? Those four questions can really change every aspect of your life and definitely meet those five masters. And so when we look at an honest conversation, it is, what needs to change? What relationship needs more time? What relationship do you need to say, see ya? Thanks, it's been great, right? Or, you know, what are you investing your time into? What do I want? What do I need? How do I want to feel? How am I going to get there? It's the basis to everything. Now, before we talk about what true self-care is, a little more in depth, we have to talk about what it is not beyond Botox and massages, right? A lot of times people equate self-care to buying things. If you go to the store and you do a little retail therapy, that's fine. That's okay. 
However, it's going to provide a small amount of dopamine. It's going to give you a little bit of happiness hit, but long-term, it's gonna do very little for you, okay? So sometimes we equate that, it has really nothing to do with buying anything. You will also never be able to self-care your way out of trauma or conflict. You're just not. You can journal, you can try to regulate your emotions, you can do a lot of things, but you're never going to be able to heal the self fully by trying to self-care it away. It just doesn't work that way. And sometimes you have to realize that self-care doesn't actually mean slowing down. This is something that is also a misnomer for many people. Well, if I sleep, which is a form of self-care, then everything will feel better. And sometimes it does. But sometimes going for an amazing hike being out in nature, like we just heard, is something that can fulfill us far better than taking a nap, right? All right, it also doesn't always mean alone time, and this is something that a lot of people get wrong. They think, ah, well, I spent time with myself, and I feel better. I'm like, did your thoughts stop? They didn't, did they? Okay, great. It also means being out in the community. It's being in places like this where you're with like-minded people. It's in this space where you realize, I don't have to do everything alone, and that is therefore caring for the self. It doesn't always have to be the same. That's also something. A lot of people say, well, I go to yoga every Sunday morning or every Sunday afternoon, and therefore I'm taking care of the self. Okay, great, but did you connect with the self? Did you feel better when you left? Because if you didn't, then maybe you need something a little more. So it doesn't always have to look the same. And this last one is something that if you have an apple, please don't throw at me, okay? I hear this a lot. Well, I have great coping mechanisms. Oh, okay, I want you to have coping tools. Coping mechanisms are great. They have a bad rap in our society where a lot of people will say, oh, well, coping mechanisms are really terrible. A lot of times people have coping mechanisms that keep them alive, and that's a good thing, right? It gives them that groundedness that they need somewhat. That's a whole other conversation. But what I want you to have is coping tools, these healthy spaces and things that you practice that help you overall. All right, here are the seven types, the seven pillars of self-care. Emotional self-care, you win, you get a bonus after, okay? All right, physical self-care, which is pretty much what most people think of when we talk about self-care, mental self-care, social self-care, spiritual, practical, and this is the one that most people never think of, professional self-care. All right, I want you to think about caring for the self, not as self-indulgence, but, but more self-preservation. Right? I see cameras, and I'll let you finish taking that. This is something that when I began to really realize that I was hitting a few of these and I needed to put just a few more practices in place, that really changed my mindfulness and really changed how I showed up. So let's move through them and throughout each of these, I'm gonna give you some, some practices too. All right, so emotional self-care. It really is your ability to deal with the emotions. As a cognitive behavioral therapist, I deal with people's emotions all day long, right? And we teach often that the thought creates the emotion, the emotion moves us into action, and action can be another thought. It could be another emotion. 
And that's what really trips a lot of people up. They're like, oh no, but if I care for the emotion, but the thought doesn't go away, I'm doing something wrong. What we're really doing is we want to get into a place that we're investing time and attention into really getting into the benefit of feeling our emotions, knowing what we're feeling, understanding our own personal definition of emotions. My definition of happiness is going to be different than yours. When was the last time you sat down and really thought about what does anger mean to me? What does fear mean to me? How about joy, pleasure? Most people are not taught what that means and rarely do we sit down and do the work to find our own emotional definitions. So important. If you haven't done the work, but you're struggling with your emotions and self-care for the emotional realm of your life is really kind of a struggle, we normally see that with people who really have a hard time controlling their emotions, quick to anger, right? Very negative. It's the people that are really affected by other people's moods. They're always complaining, right? I always love to throw this tip out when we're talking about emotional self-care. When somebody's complaining, please listen, even if it's you. And the reason why is that's a need that's not being met. That's what a complaint is. They're telling you what I need, what they're feeling. So really think, am I complaining today? What am I complaining about? What do I need? Goes back to those four questions, right? Or if you're someone who really struggles with shame, guilt, embarrassment, or anything in our lower emotional scale, know that you may need a little bit of extra help in the emotional self-care realm. So here are some examples. Obviously, therapy is a great one. Life coaching, if you are one that says therapy is not for me, maybe you find somebody that you connect with. We want to get to the root cause of our emotions. Journaling is a great way but I want you to do it in conjunction with actually having the tools. A lot of times people will say, well, I'm just gonna journal this away. Do you feel better? No, I feel terrible. Well, because you don't have a way to get out of it, okay? And so I want you to think about that. And you can use mantras and affirmations and really get your mindset into a place where you are providing some emotional healing by using positive words. Meditation, you're gonna hear me say meditation through every single one of these, right? As a meditation teacher, it's something that I have found is one of the best healing tools for a lot of people. And it could be active and it can be still. And practicing gratitude. In my podcast, it was mentioned, I always ask the guests that um, are with me that, hey, by the way, what are your three things that you're most grateful for? And I, you could do that with yourself. It's a great form. All right, let's go to physical self-care. It's number two on our list. It is what you're used to. So dancing, being active, going for that hike, increasing your sleep quality. I did put massage on there because I'm not going to lie. I love it. So <laughs> there's that. I'm not going to take it away. I don't want you to take it away either. I just don't want you to use it only as that. Uh, it's great skincare, right? Or brushing your teeth. It could be anything that really helps the physical body. All right, mental self-care. Most people don't think of self-care for the mind. What is mindfulness? <laughs> it's mental self-care, all right? So I want you to think about this. I don't need you to be in a state of nirvana 
right? This cloud nine experience that everybody's looking for all the time. That's great. Let me know when somebody finds it and stays there all the time, okay? <laughs> You're on something, I promise. All right, so I want you to really think about your mental self-care as having a beautiful relationship between your mind, your heart, and your spirit. That's really what I want you to think about. Some great tools for this. Therapy, okay? <laughs> Listening to a podcast that fulfills you. Watching a show that you find is really in that space of learning. We talked about the Blue Zone shows. Fantastic. Those kind of things. Going to a museum is a really great way to stimulate the mind. Writing, anything that really provides you with a lot of mental stimulation is a great way to provide mental self-care. Now, social self-care. This is also something a lot of people don't think about. Again, it's being in rooms like this with very like-minded people. It's a great way to also find self Fulfillment. Loneliness is a factor that kills a lot of older adults. You can see rapid aging. We see it all the time with adults who are in communities that they are not having outreach. You know, so think about how can I put myself into an experience that gives me the ability to connect with others, whether that's volunteering, right? This is a great organization to volunteer for. Or like we were doing last fall where we were with all of the groups teaching mindfulness. That's a great way to get involved in your community. Group exercise classes. A lot of people don't think about it that way. You can create great friendships by seeing the same faces, by putting yourself out there and saying, hey, I'm Danielle and I'm going to annoy you by putting my mat too close to you, right? I mean, it's those things. It's joining anything of interest to you that allows you to connect with others. Okay. Now, spiritual self-care, I'm not talking about religion, although religion is fantastic. What I'm talking about is anything that fills you fundamentally heart, mind, and spirit. When we talk about getting into a space where you feel like you're a productive, active, growing human being, which is where we want you to be no matter how old you are, we get into a space where we have to talk about what nurtures us. And if you're not fulfilling what nurtures you, you will always have a gap in that feeling good and feeling fulfilled, right? This is something that a lot of people don't think about. We talk so much about purpose. What's your purpose? I tend to believe we probably have multiple purposes, right? But self-care of the spirit gives us the space to say, I am whole, I am not flawless, but I do have the ability to show up and be a good human, a human being, right? A human doing. And some examples of that is spending time in nature like we just talked about. It's doing yoga. I'm going to throw out meditation yet again, right? Giving to others, doing things that actually helps you feel connected to something bigger than yourself. That's the biggest thing. What makes me feel connected to something bigger than me, you should feel small when you're standing in a very large room. There should be connectivity, right? And that's really what feeds our souls. Practical self-care. This is also something that a lot of people don't think about, and I promise you that you are doing some of these things every day, but you haven't given yourself credit for them. 
right? So I'm a busy mom of three, well, yes, three, but one's in college now, so she's not home. <laughs> Although I feel like I spend more time with her than I do. Yeah. Anyway, right? So think about this. I spend most of my time practicing between patients and doing the podcast and all the things. And I have to absolutely meal prep or I will not feed the other people that are still in my home, right? So this is a good way to definitely give myself some practical self-care is to stay ahead of my schedule. How many people do that, right? Raise a hand, yeah, see? It does help at limiting your cell phone time a little harder, right? Social media time is a big thing. Tidying up your spaces. How many people watched uh, Marie Kondo or whatever her name is? Like throw everything away. That gave me anxiety, right? <laughs> Decluttering. It's those kind of regular things that you definitely want to be practicing. All right, and professional self-care, which is our last one. So if you're still a working adult, <laughs> yes, it is one of the things that we absolutely have to do. We have to make time to actually give us our, our professional self-care. That means making sure your schedule is done, setting calendar reminders, making sure that you take time to take courses and add to your overall certifications, giving yourself time to you know, meet with a mentor or being the person who mentors someone else. Very important and very fulfilling. Right, even if you love your job and you don't find it to be particularly, you know, hard or stressful, burnout is a real thing. Because even when you're giving, 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 what's giving to you? Okay? So make sure that you're taking time for yourself. I always love this taking a mental health sick day, whatever you need to. My assistant will call and be like, guess what? I'm like, no, you're coming to work. So, <laughs> right? So I want you to think about that too, all right? Self-care is all about intentional focus. That's what I want you to think about. Am I giving to the self? It goes back to those four questions that we started with. What do I want? What do I need? How do I want to feel? And how am I going to get there? If you prioritize those four questions and you ask yourself those things every single day, you'll be practicing some form of self-care. It will help you be more mindful. It'll help you feel grounded. And it helps with that whole human being, human doing thing, right? All right, and here's that podcast that I keep talking about. <laughs> so I'd love for you to connect with me if you have questions, but I just want to thank you. I hope this has given you a little bit of insight to know that you're probably already doing a little bit of self-care now, but there's always room and space to do more. So thank you. Friends, I hope you enjoyed this lecture. Please share it with a loved one who can also benefit. Thanks again for listening. You've been listening to the Healthy Lifestyle Solutions podcast with your host, Maya Acosta. If you've enjoyed this content, please share with one friend who can benefit. You can also leave us a five-star review at ratethispodcast.com forward slash HLS. This helps us to spread our message. As always, thank you for being a listener.